Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Fitness podcast here on the Feisty Media Network. I'm Molly Herford, and I am so excited to chat with two awesome women today. We have Tiffany Ricci and Kendra Miller. They are both registered dietitians. They are sports dietitian experts, and they are all about helping all women, but specifically mothers who are also athletes, eat and train effectively so they can boost their energy and reach their fitness goals. And I was super so like so so excited to talk to these two about not just how they have gone from being clinical dietitians to running their own business, but also what it looks like to run a business with a friend. And their story is actually fascinating because they worked together a little bit before they got into business together, but not really. And they weren't best best friends before that. So, uh, you know, hearing them talk about how they've gone about running the business, all of the stuff that's gone into it. I think it was just so fascinating as someone who is going to say very highly individualistic, um, kind of, uh, I guess, in the lone wolf category where with uh, my newest company or my newest venture, Strong Girl Publishing, it's been really hard to let go of the reins on some of the stuff and actually work with people and, uh, you know, delegate responsibility. So to go into business with someone, I, I just think it's it's so interesting. And I know so many women who find that idea, you know, way more exciting than going into a solo endeavor. So definitely wanted to bring you that perspective. And I think they had so much food for thought, so much great stuff to think about if you're talking about going into business with a friend. Um, because obviously, as we get into, there are some caveats to that. And, you know, it can definitely go uh, go sideways real quick. Uh, actually, it reminded me a lot, and I mentioned this in the show, of an episode we did way, way back with uh, two yoga studio owners, and they talked about having a uh, friendship clause in their contract when they decided to go into business together. And it really stipulated that regardless of the business, they were going to be friends. I don't think that's legally binding. I don't think any any court of law would hold that up. But I like the concept because I think it just indicates, you know, the effort to keep that friendship uh, in addition to that work connection. So I thought that was super cool. Anyway, uh, before like we should probably just get into it. Uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any recommendations, if you have a great thought or business or something that you want to talk about on the podcast, definitely hit me up. We are over at at business.of.fitness on Instagram or at Molly J. Herford if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, I would love to hear from you and hear especially the episodes that you really are enjoying, what you're learning from it, what you'd like to see more of. It's super helpful as we're planning out more and more episodes. All right. With that said, enjoy this chat with Tiffany and Kendra. Okay. Business of Fitness here with Kendra and Tiffany and all, you know, have talked about you all in the intro here, but welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you both here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So you two together are fueling life. Um, that's your, your sort of, uh, your, your business together. And I think it's fascinating because we've, I've heard so many women wanting to start a business with a friend or with a business partner and, I know, you know, from, from my own experience and from hearing from other women who've done this, this is not an easy path to take. Like anyone that thinks it's easier to run a business with a partner, I think like there are a lot of caveats to that, but there's also so many great parts of it, obviously. So, okay. How, how did this, what's the origin story? How did this all happen? Uh, Tiffany, maybe we'll, we'll start with you here. So give me the, the origin. 
So Kendra and I um, are both dietitians and we were working together for the Alaska Dietetic Association. Um, we had some roles that were consecutive years together. And so we worked really well up there. We lived in different locations, both there. Um, Kendra was in Nome and I was in Fairbanks, Alaska. And so in um, 2019, we had both uh, moved down to lower 48, not knowing that the other one had because our time kids had kind of taken over instead of um, uh, for the dietetic association. And so um, we had hooked up again, trying to help mothers um, of uh, stroller fitness business that we both each had a location and wanting to help fuel mother athletes. And so we had connected again um, to put together a course. And then that was in 2020 and it's still been rocking ever since. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I have to ask, what were you both doing in Alaska? Cause this is, that was just dropped so casually. Like, oh yeah, no big deal. So we were, we just happened to be like in Alaska as dietitians and then like moved away. <laughs> Kendra, what, what were you both doing there in the first place? Well, we were there separately. So we both moved up for different reasons. I was there. I moved up during college, did a few internships and was like, oh, this place is great. I want to work here. And so I moved up there and then later met my husband and stayed. And Tiffany moved up to Fairbanks with her husband for different reasons at the time, but we both worked in separate places and we got to know each other through the Alaska Dietetic Association. And like she said, we worked really well. We knew how to do telehealth at that time where it wasn't very common in the lower 48. People didn't know exactly what it was until COVID. And they're like, oh, we got this. Like, this is what we've been doing for years. So when we developed Feeling Life Nutrition, we're like, okay, well, this is, this will be easy for us because we know how to use this already because we've done it in a place that was very remote. I'm still working in parts to different villages to Alaska and remote nutrition work is very common. So this was kind of like a, oh, we have a jump start on this. Why not like incorporate what we already know into Feeling Life Nutrition? Oh my gosh, that is brilliant and so funny. Like, it's so great to hear, like taking something that could be a bit of a, an issue and has been an issue, right? Like, how do yeah. you reach these remote populations? Oh, it's telehealth. And then, oh, you know, now we have this global pandemic that means we can't do anything. Cool. We already know how to do this. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and also, I feel like it's great that you two both worked remotely when you were in the same state and still work remotely now that you are <laughs> not in the same state at all. Um, and with with the nutrition stuff, actually, how this is maybe like a very technical question. How does that work? Like when you're, you know, both registered dietitians, you're working in different states. So I imagine there is like a lot of like annoying paperwork that goes into some of that stuff. Um. Yes, but um, licensure laws dictate what specifically you can do. And so this was actually a hurdle that we had done. Like, how are these other dietitians working across state lines? You know, do we have to go get 50 different nutrition licenses? Um, and the, the answer is that there's, there's different scopes of practice when it comes to nutrition and different tiers. And so there are specific like nutrition diagnosis and, um, and a pathway that you would follow for insurance purposes. And then there's also 
um, nutrition coaching, which is not this specific medical nutrition therapy that would be with a diagnosis code that would be, you know, along the line. So we're each licensed in our respective states. So we can do uh, local work on that level, but then the nutrition coaching um, is available without having to, without that licensure barrier. Oh, that's super interesting. I think just so many people don't necessarily think about that as they're starting stuff. So I think, uh, especially when you're in something that is licensed, figuring out that like, what, you know, where, where are the areas we can practice? What can we do? What can't we say? Um, I think is, is just very important. Um, and I mean, I'm sure you two see this all the time. Like there are so many, you know, I'm using air quotes here, nutrition experts, uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that must be like a, a constant source of just like, uh, just smashing your head against the brick wall a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, uh, I didn't have this on my list of questions, but I'm so curious, uh, if there's one like nutrition, uh, I'm going to call it myth or fad, or just like thing that's like constantly on Instagram that you see that just drives you absolutely bananas. Uh, what's what, what's one right now that just like you're sending each other the, the screenshots going like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, do we have to pick just one? Because I think no, we're no, constantly hey. back and forth between <laughs> a lot of different ones, whether it's fasting, um, and exercising, that's a big one that we see a lot of, especially in females that there's just so many myths and misconceptions about. So that's a huge one. Um, two, these like clean approved or clean this, like you can't eat this. You can't eat that because it's not on this list of foods. Like those just drive us insane. Um, what other ones can you think of Tiff? The keto kind of keeps coming back and forth, this variation of low carb and, um, what we would call hypocaloric diets, which are low calorie diets that for active women, I mean, just this information that's targeted that does not take into account the amount of energy required for exercise. And so then it like what, you know, with the um, lists of foods that Kendra is just saying, it just creates this very negative relationship with food um, that is, is almost like a where we work a lot of starting points that all of this stuff feeds into just this horrible relationship with food where it's seen as like an enemy and not something to be enjoyed. Oh, for sure. Isn't it so funny that, you know, when, when we were younger, it was always like the like 1200 calorie a day diet kind of things. And oh, now yeah. they just, it's still the same thing if you actually look at it, but now we've like repackaged it into something else. So it doesn't seem like it's that. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, how did you two end up in sort of the sports nutrition world? We didn't really get into that because you're working in Alaska just as dietitians. <laughs> um, and then now you're working with, uh, women who are mothers and athletes. So what's, what, what are both of your athletic uh, journeys here? Tiffany, let's start with you and then we'll, we'll go to Kendra. Um, so I've been an endurance runner and long bike rides. And, um, and I think that, and then it's morphed into like boot camp and swimming and triathlons. Like it's just been always been active. And when I became um, a dietitian, I wanted to help runners run better. And so I think that fueling for exercise, though, I didn't know, um, like all of the ins and outs because sports nutrition is, is an entire, like it's its own thing. Um, and a lot to learn on that. I, I think that I didn't realize, um, 
everything that was encompassed in that. But the more that we started learning, it's, it is an interesting science and not only because we're both um, personal trainers as well. And so like taking that exercise piece and seeing physiologically what that does to, you know, your blood vessels and your muscles and, you know, your, your nerves and all of that is so fascinating. So in order to really serve this population well, um, we've done a lot of education in sports nutrition. Love it. Kendra, what's your, what's your backstory athletically here? (laughs) Well, um, I was actually a dancer growing up, a ballerina and ended up dancing in college. And, um, from that point in regards to dance and everything like that, it definitely has that food stigma, body image desire. And I struggled with an eating disorder in high school. And as I was kind of healing from that, I found this field of nutrition and it was like, wait a minute, I don't know all this stuff. And so I went to school for nutrition as a result of having an eating disorder in high school. And from there, I was like, I'm never going to work with, you know, eating disorders or disordered eating and like really had no desire to get into the sports nutrition world, but life has turned around and that's exactly what I do now. And so with that, you know, we talk a lot about disordered eating. I work a lot with teen athletes and kind of overcoming those, I don't want to say stigmas, but, you know, working with body image and working with how to fuel your body appropriately and things along these lines. And so it's kind of come full circle. And me personally, you know, I'm not dancing any longer, but at the same time, I've learned how to move my body in a way that feels good. And no, I'm not a professional athlete, but I still consider myself an athlete. And that's what we want mother athletes to do is that's why we term it mother athletes is that we're focusing on you know, the mom next door who's, you know, going to her boot camp class, going to, um, you know, she wants to run a marathon or something along these lines. She has goals, but she doesn't really know how to get there. And that's the population that we serve. And that's the people that we love helping understand how to feel your body, how to make sure that you're getting what you need and to incorporate that in real life with your family too. Oh, love that. Love that. And I really do actually really like that you're kind of both coming from, from very different parts of the sport, uh, sport world, because I think that gives you a much broader, uh, scope and viewpoint. So you kind of can see all of these different things. I love that. Um, okay. The working together concept here. So it's not like you two have ever lived next door to each other and like shared an office. This has always been a remote relationship. So how, you know, when you came down to the lower 48 here, how, what made you decide to start working together and how was it initially? Because I mean, again, I think people have this concept of like, oh, I'm working with my friend. This is all going to be rainbows and sunshine and unicorns <laughs> and everything's going to be fantastic. But uh, there's a lot to be done when you're uh, setting up a business together, especially like we said, when you're talking about the, you know, your registered dietitians, there's some licensing and stuff like that that's involved. This is not just like click and you're, you're good to go. You're in business. Um, so yeah. Kendra, I'm going to start with you this time. What, what was the, like, how are we going to work together conversation? Like? <laughs> well, both Tiffany and I had private practices when we were in Alaska and both of us independently said, we never want to run a practice on our own again. Like, this is not something, you know, that we want to do alone. There's a lot of questions that you have and a lot of work to be done. And if we're going to do this, we want to work with someone else. And so we independently came to the table and we're like, oh, we want to do this. And I will add the caveat, like, Tiff and I knew each other. We'd kind of worked together. I mean, we had worked together, 
but we didn't know each other well. We wouldn't say like we were close friends at the time. Now, over the course of Feeling Life Nutrition, that has totally changed. (laughs) And maybe we've seen each other less than a handful of times in person, probably, which sounds crazy. But um, as we were developing Feeling Life Nutrition, beyond the legalistic aspect of things, we were on constant contact, whether it's through Marco Polo, which is amazing, by the way, an app that has been well worth our time (laughs) at Feeling Life Nutrition. Um, But We've done email, a lot of um, Zoom meetings as we were starting off. And quite frankly, just like the old school, let's give you a call and see what's going on kind of situation there. And then on other terms, when you meant like, you know, how do we do this as registered dietitians? How do we actually start a business from two separate locations? Well, we got an attorney involved because we know our scope of practice and we know that that's not what we know. So we asked someone who did and that's how we developed the business. And we said, okay, what do we need to get um, checked off here, 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 there? Okay, now we're good to go. We have this firm foundation and we can begin from here. I love it. And that's something uh, I interviewed a couple of people who had started a yoga studio like way back at the beginning of this podcast. And the big thing they talked about was a partnership agreement. And I actually don't think they necessarily used a lawyer because it was a little less fraught and they did like live in the same area. They were opening more of like a studio, but they actually like, had it like notarized and stuff where they made this partnership agreement that was like, here's how we're structuring things. And like, it's very written out. They actually also had a clause that was like about their friendship though, which is still like my favorite thing in the entire universe. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know that it would hold up in a court of law, but I'm really glad you put it in there. That's very cute. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. Tiffany, what about your side? Uh, You know, what was it like going into this, this partnership, um, you know, getting, getting going? I think um, where the population that we serve, mother athletes, that's exactly what we are too. And I don't know how well this would have worked if we both weren't moms, because the minute that you become a mom, it's like you are now the the second person in line. Like there are kids that you have to take care of, a house that you have to take care of, et cetera. And so because of that, there's a lot of um, uh, like, There are weeks that Kendra is just on a roll and she's got all of this time and she can get a lot done. And then there are weeks that she's busy or life is getting in the way or there just isn't enough time. And so then I can be more of this, um, more of the lead. And I don't think that there's, there's no score on that. There's no, just, this is life. Like my kids are going through this or we've got this or, um, and for example, Kendra got unfortunately very sick at the beginning of this year. And, um, and the business carries on, you know, like, and there is, there was more load on me during that time, but there are times that there's more load on her. And I think that having coming um, together with a sense of long-term thinking and also humility, um, just that we can't do it all, which is why we work really well together. There are strengths that she has that I don't and, and vice versa. And so I think that not keeping score and knowing like, well, what else are we going to be doing if we're not doing this? You know, this isn't, um, I'm not stepping down from my corporate role at New York city to make a million dollars at fueling life nutrition. And I have nothing else to focus on except the business. So that has been a huge Um, sometimes I think it's really hard to do stuff with kids, but because we have kids, like it makes this relationship work very well because we're moms first. And many of our meetings have been with a kid on the lap or 
hang on, put it on mute, <laughs> go take care of the situation and come back. And that, that is, that's okay. And I think that that's the, this is why we love the population we work with um, so much is because we get it. Like we've had calls where a mom has been, had to, you know, excuse herself to go take care of her kids. And that's fine. That's life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that gives you, yeah, a very, very solid sense of empathy and understanding with your clients in a way that, you know, I'm going to say someone like myself would not be able to do as I do not have kids. I have a tiny dog. He is very loud. He will also come sit on my lap, but it's not quite the same. I do not have the same uh, demands on my time. That's for sure. (laughs) I love that. Okay. This is maybe a little difficult of a question to answer, especially because you're both here on Zoom. Um, And it's, it's a tough one because I'm going to ask you to like, be kind, like, I really want to hear the honest answer. How do you handle conflicts? Because there's just no way that you're in business together for this long and have never disagreed on, you know, whether it's, whether it's a concept or how the, how the course was going to look or, you know, how this thing worked or, you know, like one of you felt like, you know, you wanted to do this, but the other one didn't. How do you, how do you handle when you have differing opinions or has everything just legitimately magically been like simpatico? I'm trying to think of anything conflicts that we've had and I cannot think of any, to be honest. I think we're both really good at communication. And because of that, like we will talk things through, like, for example, like Tiffany may have an idea, like we should do this. Um, you know, for example, recently it's been like, oh, we need to do this business coaching. This is why I think it would be good. And I'm like, you know what? I think you're right, but let's think about it from this perspective. You know, now's not the time. Like we're in summer, we're going crazy. Like all our kids have all the activities. I'd like this idea, but let's table it for another time until we're both ready to do this. And so because of that, we can go back and forth and neither one of us are going to get our feelings hurt by like disagreeing. And I think we come from a space where we have each other's best interest at heart and the business's best interest at heart. So it doesn't matter because it all works out in the end. Love it. Right. Love it. Yeah. I, my only example was the business coaching and, um, and I mean, it is, Yes, it is a good idea, but the reality, and that's the other thing is that sometimes um, you need a person to kind of be like, no, but do you see, like, this is our life right now. There's no way that we could actually take on something else right now because we're, we're, we're just swimming. We're just keeping our head above water. You know what I mean? And so in these different seasons of life, like for my, I mean, May is like the, the craziest time. And so it's just like, our meetings were literally just checking in. Do you have, is this getting done? If not, I can do it. I have this pocket of time, you know, and again, because the business is, is um, it's an outlet, I think for our, for what we can do right now in this season, because going to work um, in a different capacity is just not what, what will work for our families right now. So this is like, not only this business, but also something very fun to do that kind of just puts us back in the role of like, oh yeah, I am my own person. This is what I love to do. And this is the way that I can express that with the time constraints we have right now. Ooh, love that. And yeah, I mean, I think it's funny as such an introvert, it didn't even occur to me the like awesomeness that is just being able to have someone else that's in it with you that you do get to sort of chat with and and communicate with throughout the day. And you're totally right though. The 
even if you are a solo business person, it's probably good to have like someone you can talk to that's going to be like, Hey, but do you really have time for that thing that you want to do? I'm like, I need like five of them because I don't listen to the the first four that I have. I might just need like one more person to be like, please don't add more things to that list. (laughs) And we have some big ideas. Don't get me wrong. Like we have big ideas when it comes to feeling nutrition, life nutrition, but putting them all together. Like that's not going to happen. So we have to have each other be like, Oh, I want to do this. And we're like, yeah, that sounds great. But wait a minute. Let's reality check. Yeah. And figure out what's really feasible. Like do you have a running dock of like audacious dreams, goals, plans, ideas? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes, Yes, we do. (laughs) Perfect. I think like one of the best advice that someone gave us whenever we first started out, they said, you know, make yourself a two-year plan. One year's plan is not quite big enough. And then make yourself a 10-year plan of where you want to be. And so usually what you can accomplish in two years, you're more likely to accomplish in one. And what you think you can accomplish in 10, you're more likely to accomplish in five. Um, But laying it down there and kind of giving it some space and some thought behind it, that's where you need to start. And that has been some really good advice moving forward as we've developed the business. Ooh, so good. I love that. Um, okay. And actually we didn't get into this before. How, uh, how old are both of your kids? Like what's the, what's the breakdown here? Cause I, I realize now we're like in summer break. We're mentioning, we're talking about summer. We are talking about the fact that your mom. So let's, let's contextualize this <laughs> a little bit. Um, my, I have three boys and they are 10, seven and six. So this was the first year that everybody was in school and I, it was a relief having some time, but then because they're all school age, they also have other activities. So, um, so our nights are very, like I get school time and that's it because everything else is for them. Yeah. And I have a seven and a five-year-old and my five-year-old will be in elementary school next year. So that will change my days <laughs> having both kids in full day school. And so I don't know what that's going to look like, but <laughs> it's been great while it's been, while it's lasted. And so we'll just see. Ah, that's cool. So I, that's great that you both have kids that are sort of in that like similar age range. So I imagine you do kind of get to bounce, you know, concepts and commiserate with each other uh, fairly frequently. Like, oh dear God, another hockey tournament? Just uh, take me now kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we kind of alluded to this, but you do work obviously with mother athletes. And I want to know what the ideation for this was, because I mean, you know, mothers are a niche, athletes are a niche, mother athletes are, you know, an even smaller part of that niche. So why go so granular? And like, how has that worked out? Because I think, you know, a lot of people are very afraid of niching down. So they, you know, they keep it very broad and then are kind of wondering why things aren't working out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you nailed it there. So we started very broad and we also have gone broad and then narrow and then broad and then narrow because we start when we started feeling like nutrition, we just started with one course without the business or this idea of the feeling the mother athlete course. And that's how it started. And so we were automatically focusing in on mother athletes. And then we're like, oh, that's too narrow of a, of a scope. And if we need to broaden it up, make sure we can encompass other mothers. And so we really, that's what we did. And then we realized that didn't work. 
And so we're constantly in flux of like, who are our people? And I think we've finally gotten into it to where we're like, it is mother athletes. And we know that not every mom identifies as an athlete, but we believe that if you move, you are an athlete. And if you have any desire to move your body in a way that makes you feel good and you are a mom, whether it's adopted, biological, step, godmother, you are a mother athlete and you deserve to treat yourself well. Love it. Love it. Uh, Tiffany, anything to, to add to the niching uh, conversation here? Well, and as we've learned a lot about um, a lot about sports nutrition to help mother athletes, it has opened some doors for other things um, like working with marathoners, like so whether that be male or female, um, and then other opportunities, you know, um, like swim teams, for example, talks with other sports um, teams about their nutrition, because that is, you know, that is um, also part of what we're learning. But when it comes down to the business and, you know, who are we going to be targeting our marketing to, which is, you know, is like a thing, like you got to do your posts and your reels and all that, that comes down to mother athletes. And I think it's a, we've seen just almost the demeanor of some of the women that we have worked with change because they start to see themselves as athletic, whereas maybe, you know, they weren't athletic in high school or they've never run a marathon. And so they don't consider what they're doing to be athletic, but to see that, like, when you can see yourself as an athlete, then you start to see the need to fuel appropriately. And it kind of helps in, in improving that relationship with food because you are, you are looking at yourself kind of the way that, you know, maybe you're not, um, Usain Bolt, which is a guy, but that's a book, some books that we got from the library because he's so fast. Um, but if you, you're not, you know, on the Olympic level, but you still are, your body is worthy of, of feeling well, because you do expect things from it in an athletic perspective. Oh, yes. I, I feel like I need to clip that out and just like turn the volume up as high as I can on that sentiment. I love that so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's also just important to highlight, like, yes, you're niche down to mother athletes, but that does not stop you from doing things outside of that category. That's really just like who you're speaking to, as you said, in your marketing and your advertising. But it's not to say that like, oh, we can never work with anyone else. And I think people get really nervous about yeah, tailoring their marketing and advertising to a certain group, then they're worried like, oh no, now I'm not going to be able to ever work with anyone else ever again. Um, but we, we know that's just, that's just not accurate. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So we, we've mentioned this course a few times. I would love to hear about what it was like creating that first course. And also like now that it's 2023 and courses seem like not that they're everywhere, but just that like, it seems so much easier to make an online course than it ever used to be. Do you look at stuff now and you're just like, oh my God, that took me like 90 hours and now you can do it in five minutes. Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> <laughs> so talking through that first course. Um, so it was uh, a lot of, um, it was a lot of work to kind of identify what we would want to, to put into a course. And that course had, I don't even know, maybe four or five different, um, 
revisions over it as we were, you know, doing more um, and finding more what people wanted and then the level of support that they needed or that they could, you know, uh, afford to give in their schedule. And so um, it was uh, live at first, like all live a workbook that we went through and then it was all live. And then we were like, we should just record this. And so then recorded it one time and then found out like you could record it really prettily on prettily. Is that a word? <laughs> you could record it more beautifully <laughs> on Canva. And, you know, and so then kind of learning what we maybe didn't know was available, or I don't even know if they had presentations on anyways, but um, so it is, but it is still the bulk of what we use as a, as when we give our um, clients information. And especially as we take um, our information and put it out to sports teams, or if we're working with, you know, um, smaller groups, that is the basis of what we, what we do. So all of that hard work still continues to pay off. Yeah. And I will say the course continues to evolve. Like this is not something, and I know Molly, you've talked about this in other podcasts too. Like the courses evolve. It's never just like a standalone, like, oh, we're going to put this out here, have it, enjoy, go. And just but money like, just flows in just yeah, effortlessly. That's... You're rich now. <laughs> I wish that was the case, but no, we are... We are working, we're evolving, we are constantly saying, okay, this didn't work, let's try it this way. Or, hey, this was better whenever we ran the course this way. And let's go back to the cohort versus an evergreen type system. And we found that that works well. So that's what we're doing again. Like it's constantly working. We've changed the name. We've changed it to be more in comprehensive within the platform that we use. We use a healthy platform. It's specific for dietitians. Um, and that's where we run our programs through it. And um, so it's evolved over the course of time. And we've taken the insight that we've had from our clients that have gone through our course and what we've learned as, you know, sports dietitians and brought it all together. And we're continually merging those two concepts and putting it out there. Perfect. Perfect. And the program now is called fueling intensive. Um, do you want to just kind of give like the, the quick, uh, 30 second elevator pitch for why someone yeah. might want it? Tiffany, I'm, I'm seeing Kendra's pointing up at you here. So <laughs> take it away. Well, it is, um, it is, uh, self-paced and six months of, um, a lot of information. Like this is our workbook that was, I don't know, 20 pages. It is now like 92 pages that they get all of this information covering all the aspects from the feedback that we have heard, but they also get um, support and accountability. So they get month, they get a, an onboarding call with the dietitian and they also get um, two uh, group accountability calls every month, plus access to all of our previous work and previous workshops. And so it's, it's very much a supportive environment because what we see is that when people understand the why behind the recommendations, they're more likely to put it into place. But also, as you know, with making any sort of habit change, it takes time. And so it just gives them time and time with the support that they need, but on their own pace um, to get to get where they're going. So am I missing anything? Well, I think you touched yeah. on it. You said you you start with the mindset. So a lot of times we think at least I thought as a sports dietitian, I was like, they need to know this and they need to act on it. And this is how it goes. And they're just going to do it. And that's not how people are. They have to be in the right mental space in order to do that. And so the first part of our course is the module 
one is all about creating the right mindset. Like, how do you create a mindset that is ready for change? And how do you build upon that change? So we take that step first. And this is the one that we added later on in the program. We're like, okay, this is what we missed. So we talk about that first. And then we start making the nutrition changes and the exercise changes that really help our clients feel better in their bodies, you know, meet that body composition goals that they've been seeking, you know, see more from their exercise or whatever it might be. And we walk them through that step and then we stay accountable. And this is where the sustainability piece comes in is that, you know, we found that four weeks wasn't a long, long enough. Like it didn't stick with them for that long. Six months seems to be the sweet spot. One year, too long. Six months was where it's at. And so that's where we've stayed. And that's kind of where I think we'll be going for the foreseeable future. Oh, love it. Okay. So you've kind of alluded to this where you've, you've tweaked it, you've changed it, you know, you've kind of taken sort of what you've learned from past courses. So how do you get the feedback and like, did it take a while to get okay with getting a feedback? Because I, I am, you know, I've been a long time journalist and I will tell you if anything comes back with red pen on it, I am like under my bed for days. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) So I imagine having to ask for feedback on courses is equal. You know, this is your baby. This is like, you've spent so much time putting this together, but obviously, you know, we're not going to improve if we're not listening to this, uh, you know, (laughs) constructive feedback. So how, how did you kind of like ask for and take any, uh, any comments or feedback? Um, well, we have a program evaluation and we have done this since day one is after the, every course we do after every coaching package that we have with an individual client, we ask for an evaluation say, Hey, like, do you mind filling this out? Or do you mind giving us a testimonial? Like one of these two would be really helpful for us to make the most of our program and to make sure that mother athletes are getting what they need from us as dietitians. And so we've taken those results it started off in Facebook. Actually, it's just like this random question. Whenever we ran the first feeling in the mother athlete course, um, nice spreadsheet format and like that. Yeah. To be like, I remember that one now. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And so we got a lot of insight there and we've built upon that. And now we just have a course evaluation at the end of the feeling intensive that our clients fill out to help us prepare for the next one. Oh dear Lord. Okay. When you're, when you're like about to click on the results, do you both like take a shot of tequila before you hit like open on the screen? <laughs> because <that's> like... <laughs> My heart well, rates I... up just thinking about it. <laughs> I will say, I think part of it is our role as dietitians. We take the science and translate it into application. So it's not, whereas with journalism and writing, that's you interpreting, you know what I mean? Whereas, um, yes, we are trying to help them understand, but I, and, and maybe Kendra, it's different. I don't, um, I don't think that I see it as an, an opportunity to improve our translation because we didn't make up the science, you know what I mean? And so we're just trying to help people take what they see out there and make their own in a, you know, in a, um, in an, appropriate way that's going to work for them. So I think that our job as a dietitian kind of just removes some of that. Like, yes, we do have personal things that we've poured into there. And I think that, um, and this is also part having two people because before it even goes out 
somewhere. Kendra has looked at what I've said and I've looked at what Kendra has said and we've either tweaked it or like that didn't come across the right way or um, this seems more pointed and maybe we, you know, so I think that we've already evaluated each other before it's gone out there. So that kind of lessens the burden, but now maybe I think that maybe we should be a little bit more <laughs> nervous. About no, it. no. I think this is a very irritatingly healthy way of doing it that I'm like <laughs> extremely jealous of. <laughs> um, okay. Now let's, let's kind of take a step back because you know, when you're working in Alaska, you know, as more dietitians, it sounds like you were more, you both had your own businesses, but it sounds like you were probably doing more of that, like just sort of normal dietitian one-on-one type stuff versus this where, you know, you're not just doing the normal dietitian stuff. You're also doing the social media, the marketing, the course creation, <laughs> the, you know, all of the back end of the course stuff that happens. Uh, so I'm just curious, what does the breakdown look like between like the actual dietitian work versus the work on the dietitian business? <laughs> I wish it was more 50-50, um, but I will say it's probably more 75-25, 75 back end work, 25% face-to-face. Um, our goal is to make it more than 50-50 and we'll get there. But right now we're still building this business and we also give ourselves grace. We have families at home. Those are number one priority and the business has to come second this season of life. And that's okay by both of us. And that's also why we have the two of us to help each other stay accountable and say, Hey, it's okay. Go take care of your kids. I've got this. That's awesome. And I think that does come to, you know, I was going to ask about how you quote balance everything. So that is this common question, but it does sound like, when you two were putting this all thing together, it really was the idea that for both of you, priority number one is always going to be family. That's just always number one thing. And then everything else is secondary. And I think when both parties are on board with that, it's a lot smoother sailing. Yeah. And I will say our clients are also on board with that too. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing that we really emphasize whenever we onboard our clients is we say, hey, like we're available Monday through Friday during normal business hours. You will not hear from us on the weekends. We're not going to be on social media on the weekends. This is our time to spend with family and we'll check back in with you when we get back. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for really talking about this. I love this concept. And And so when we're up front from the beginning, they also appreciate it. And they, again, are mother athletes. So they too understand like, oh, family is a priority. This is a priority of mine. I can relate to these dietitians. Yes, absolutely. And actually what I did want to ask you about both the course and any, any of the stuff that you're offering, how do you sell to busy people? Because I mean, when we're talking busy person, it's not just like executive with the nine to five job. No, like moms are the busiest human beings on the planet, bar none, especially moms who have athletic aspirations. Like my my good friends up here, my running crew up here, most of them are moms of two or three kids. And holy crap, I like cannot stress enough how much I admire them because it's like, you know, we finish a 20 mile run or something on a weekend and I go home and lay on the couch. They... <laughs> are going to pick their kids up from the run. Like they're not even going home to change. So how do you convince them that they need your program when they're already so busy, even though we know the benefits of the program are going to be, you know, far beyond the time it's going to take them to do it. Well, they, um, time is one thing that we have identified as a, as something that our, uh, audience really struggles with. 
But there's a lot of this hidden pockets of time that are looking on Pinterest or Instagram for the solution. And so then they can't be consistent with their efforts. It's either I've, I've got more time, so I do a lot more. And then things fall apart when I don't have time. And so the, the little bit of time, you know, even with our individual sessions, they're 45 minutes um, once a week or once every other week. And then this course is self-paced. So our videos, I think they're not very long, maybe 10 minutes at max, you know, for um, uh, and a few of them each module. So we do encourage that if you, instead of scrolling on Instagram, you know, this could be a way to something else to do and to kind of, you know, it is time, it is time consuming now, but it is time saving later. And you are spending that time. Grocery store trips take much longer when you're looking at every single label and then you're confused. Like, should I be having whole wheat or high protein pasta? Or then that decision in and of itself and the decision fatigue that comes in is a lot more than the time it takes to work with us. So um, we recognize that. And there are other areas in, in each of our lives where we're not experts in. I mean, social media for me, for one, that takes a lot of time. So if somebody can tell me how to do something with less time, I'm 100% on board with learning that, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the angle that we go at. Ah, so good. So good. Um, And on that note, uh, we mentioned the lawyer before, as far as like getting everything set up. Uh, What else? Is there anything else that you two have outsourced in the business? And uh and like, give me the, give me the backstory for it. Was it something, or if you had, was it something you struggled with <laughs> for like far too long or did you figure it out pretty quick? Um, we did do some business coaching initially. Um, that was mostly geared towards social media, like how to develop social media. What, uh, what marketing strategies do you need to use? And that was really helpful because neither one of us had any clue, like, to be honest, I didn't have an Instagram or a Facebook account probably until 2018. And so I was really late to the game on this. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I've missed over the past 10 years. Nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. This was probably a good thing. You've had a lot more time on your hands for a lot of extra years. Yeah. So to say that it was a big learning curve would be an understatement, but we said, okay, this is what we need someone else to tell us what to do. So we did that. Um, we did, we had our attorney look over everything for setting up things. Um, we don't do our own accounting um, at the end of the year. We outsource to an account to make sure that we have all of our schedule case completed in the appropriate manner for both of us, especially since we are in different states. Um, and anything else, Tiff, that you can think of that we've outsourced? Um, we have, because we are dietitians and, um, we've had interns through, um, a couple different, uh, intern programs that have come in and we've learned, we've learned a lot from that process. Um, you know, it definitely drives our passion for being a dietitian and promoting. Um, and then we've also, um, but then they've, they've helped us create material. So that's been, I mean, it's not like free labor sort of because they are learning and we do spend a lot of time. And the other thing that we have recently brought on board um, is Janet. She is an endurance and strength coach. And so she can help with, yes, we both have our um, different licenses for personal training or certifications, I should say. 
Um, but Janet is like, that is her wheelhouse. And so she has, we've had a couple of clients who've wanted more in that area and she can definitely provide that. Um, and she's fantastic. And just, a, it's fun to bring in another dynamic. She's also a mom. Um, and so like, if gosh, left to our own devices, and if we had all the time in the world, who knows how like awesome <laughs> big and stuff things could be because she thinks similarly that we do but then she's also like oh yeah but then it's school and we have all all of these things to to attend to for the kids so um so we haven't um I think one day it would be great to outsource our social media but you have to trust the voice of your program and that's it's almost like we would need another dietitian who loves social media to to do that um, and to handle that well. And we just haven't come across that yet. Yeah, that's definitely a really tricky one because I think social media is one of those first things that like when you think of, you're like, oh, this would be totally easy to outsource. And then you're like, oh, hang on a second. This is actually like significantly more work. Um, this is something I've been kind of playing with lately. And to your point about the intern, yeah, like I, I will argue all day that interns are like very like low cost labor, uh, like newer people, entry level, like it is so much more work and so much more time intensive than doing a lot of stuff just on your own in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, I know it's a, it's a great learning experience for all of you. It's, it's a good thing to be doing, but holy crap, is it a lot of work? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yeah, anyone that thinks interns are just free labor and it's super easy, please have one work for you for a day and just see how much work you end up doing. You will be up till midnight somehow, like, yeah, putting out fires or fixing things or just like, yeah, going just out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. And clearly you two are the masters of remote communication. We've mentioned Marco Polo as like one of the apps and we obviously Zoom uh, and you do have your, your platform that's dietitian specific, but what other, you know, resources, whether we're talking about like paper planners or software, like how are you keeping everything all cohesively organized? Because this cannot be easy. <laughs> I think Tiffany and I are both old school. We live and die by our planners or paper notes. And then how, we how does that work when you're remote? <laughs> this seems terrible. <laughs> I mean, we both make lists and we're like, okay, you know, even if it's like a Marco Polo, like I'll be listening to a Marco Polo writing down. Okay. I need to chat with her about A, B, and C. And then when I follow up with her, I'm like, okay, I touch on this, this, and this. Okay. We're good. And then move on. So nothing, you can't get better than a paper and a pen. <laughs> You know what? I agree. I've tried literally everything. I was even using like a fancy like Apple pencil with like a special screen that I got for my iPad. So it would feel like paper and a pen. Oh. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> Back to got my handy dandy notebook right here. So right there with you. Yeah. Um, now, what about like approach? Like when you're working on a bigger project, are you literally just keeping kind of track of it all just in sort of texts and emails? Or do you use a project manager at all? Or Google Drive, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and commenting, like you'll comment or highlight and comment, say, hey, you need to do this. What do you think of this? Did I spell check this for me? Like, so we use a lot of comments on Google Docs too. Yes. And we have. Um, so everything is organized in Google Docs that we would, and Canva. So there's 
folders and places to comment on Canva, which is really nice. Um, and then we have a running, well, it's a new document every week, but we meet ev nearly every Friday um, and have since 2020. So we have a weekly meeting with a rolling document that works. And we've had meetings, gosh, just was it last week? I had to do a long bike ride on the bike. And, um, and the time that we were supposed to, Kendra's kids had swim lessons. And so I'm on the bike, Kendra's on a computer. I have my planner, you know, hopefully not getting sweat on it as I'm taking some notes while, you know, of things that I have to do. And so, um, so, so we, we do, a, it's frequent communication and then keeping everything stored in Google docs and even archiving, like we, we can go back. Everything that we have has a place and there's a place for everything. And that mainly lives on Google, um, on the Google drive, uh, Canva. We did try and use Trello, but I think when you have another management system, you have to also upkeep that. And we found like that we would put stuff there and like, oh yeah, let's follow this. But then that wasn't our default go-to. So um, definitely like translating what's on paper because then you can see it, you know, and then putting that somewhere in Google Docs and there are folders and then there are years in each folder. And so also that's probably part of our dietitian behavior mm -hmm. is the organizing of everything. <laughs> like, I think that's part of like, you don't learn it when you go to school, but it's just assumed that you, your brain works this way. If you're going to be a dietitian. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I mean, it's funny because I think when I talk to people who are just starting out, they spend so much time trying to figure out what the perfect project manager is. And most of the time the answer is like Google drive, Google <laughs> calendar, like as yeah. minimal as possible and like without using anything new it tends to be the uh the best answer i'll tell you yeah. i'm like knee deep in notion right now trying to make it work for like one of my projects and i hate it so much um but it seems like it might be the right tool for the job but seriously it's killing my productivity despite the fact that it is technically a productivity tool <laughs> very upsetting for me oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, before we get into the how everyone can find you, uh, let's just go. Last question. What is one thing you wish you knew when you first got started with this business together? So once you're, you know, down, down in the States, figuring out like, okay, this is what we're gonna, this is what we're gonna do. What do you wish you'd known way back when? I don't know which one of you wants to kick it off. I like didn't want to call on one of you and put you on the spot here. So um. it's that I wouldn't have as much time to devote to the business as I thought I would. I think that's been something I should have probably known as a mom, but at the same time, you don't really realize like, okay, this is going to take up more time because I have short spurts of time. So I don't have like these long chunks to where I can get things done and get a lot done at one time. But as a mom, you know, you fit it in where you can. And that inevitably says, okay, maybe cumulative, you have the same amount of time, but you just can't get it all done within that short piece by piece time frame. Yes. Right. And kind of because of that, I wish that I would have, I mean, like right now we should have been millionaires, like based on my timeline and how much we were going to be making and how that would exponentially increase. And, um, and I, I think I wish I would have um, realized like the amount of time it takes to pour in there is just, that is, 
that is the biggest limiting factor. And so I just wish I would have, and, but I say this to myself over all the things, I wish I would have known the patience that was necessary to see this more long-term um, and that, I guess we're just going to be millionaires like in 2030 instead of 2025. So <laughs> that I, lo- I loved what I forget which one of you said earlier, the two year and the 10 year plan is like my new favorite thing. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> your, your 10 year is going to hit in 2030. You're going to be good to go. Millionaires. Yeah. No, pro- no question. I have no question <laughs> about that. Um, and to maybe help that, uh, let's tell everyone where they can find you and get signed up for the fueling intensive. And now to, to be clear on this, again, you mentioned it kind of earlier, you don't need to be a mom to be in this, correct? Like if you're an athletic woman, this could still be for you. Yes. This so, kind of that. <laughs> yeah. So the fueling intensive is actually geared towards mother athletes where that's the one that's very specific, um, because it does talk about fueling your family. Mm. and fueling through the different phases of womanhood and how that looks. So the fueling intensive is definitely geared towards other athletes, but we do offer individual coaching opportunities for the broad range of individuals, be it male, female, um, teens, um, elderly postmenopause, you know, all this type of stuff, you know, we're all moving our bodies and we all need some nutrition along the way. And so that's what that's more sort or more geared towards too. Perfect. Okay. Where can everyone find fueling intensive? So we are on the gram, I guess is maybe the hip. Just kidding. I'm not hip. Um, <laughs> we are on Instagram Hanging up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are on Instagram at feeling life nutrition, and we both have individual accounts that, um, feedback to that. So, uh, Kendra is at dietitian Kendra and I'm at dietitian dot Tiffany. Um, and then we are also on Facebook under the same thing at feeling life nutrition. And then there's more information about our programs, um, on, at our website at, which is feeling nutrition. Oh my no, gosh. Feeling- Feelinglifenutrition.com. <laughs> Um, which is, yeah. So all the same name, just in different places to find us. So that's where we are. Perfect. Fueling life, nutrition.com easy. We will have links to all of those things in the show notes. Thank you to so much for chatting about all this stuff today. I think it was super helpful for, you know, not just anyone thinking about getting into business, getting into business with a partner, or just, you know, thinking a little bit about their uh, their training and their fueling. I hope this gave some people some earworms as we talked about some of the nutrition stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Molly, this has been so much fun. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. And it's been a trip down memory lane, I will say. Like, <laughs> I did not anticipate that. I'm like, oh yeah, we did this. <laughs> It's pretty, I mean, coming back to like what you said earlier, it's pretty amazing and remarkable what you can do in just a couple of years. And at the time, it doesn't seem like progress is happening very quickly at all. But then when you like pause and you look back, you're like, holy moly, we did all of that. And it's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Thank you very much. This was fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Business of Fitness. Hopefully you got as much from this talk as I did. Uh, I just really liked how open and honest Tiffany and Kendra were about working together and especially about the the balance and the different phases of life that they've been in as they've started these this business together and just sort of how they've navigated when one of them is really busy and one of them isn't. And I think that takes a lot of grace, a lot of Uh, communication. And I really kind of applaud them for that because I know 
for so many of us, it's really easy to, you know, get caught in this cycle of overwhelm and be trying to do everything, even though you have no time to do everything. Uh, and then even feel resentful of someone else who you don't feel like is doing all of the stuff that's on their plate. And I think these two have really found a good rhythm uh, with making sure that they both have time for their families, their lives, in addition to their businesses, without forgetting that the business is also super, super important. So hopefully you got a lot out of that. And like I said in the beginning, definitely hit me up if there is a topic you'd like to hear more on. We have a bunch more exciting episodes coming, but always happy to focus in on specific topics as they pertain to the business of fitness. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you in a couple weeks.